Welcome to another mini episode of the Super Powered Fancast. Uh, my name is Darren. Um, first, I want to thank you again for listening to our shows, listening to our mini episodes. Uh, please rate and review us on iTunes. You can find us at Super Powered Fancast. Uh, you can email us at superpoweredfancast at gmail.com. You can tweet us at, at superpoweredfan. Or you can check out our website which is www.superpoweredfancast.com. Again, thank you for everyone that's listening, and please continue to do so. Now, we will be getting together uh, next week, the four of us, to record a new episode. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, Danny's honeymoon. More than likely, the entire episode will be uh, just about Civil War and what we liked, what we didn't, what we want to speculate about the Marvel Cinematic Universe going forward. So before I get to the main topic of this mini episode, uh, I just want to take care of a little bit of news from the, uh, from the world of geek or nerd culture, as it were. So these are just stories that I found interesting that I like. So one is it's official. uh, Supergirl is moving twice. Now, first um, the show is moving from Los Angeles to Vancouver to save money on production costs and they're also moving networks. So they're moving from CBS to C- to the CW for season two. So I am excited because I am absolutely expecting more crossovers between The Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, Netflix is in the process of, I, I mean, I don't know what the industry speak is, but I say they're, they're probably, they're considering it, but the fact that they're considering it is, is exciting in and of itself. About making series, uh, TV series based on Blade, Ghost Rider, and Moon Knight. Now, the reason why I'm excited about this is because all of the Marvel Netflix shows have been great, uh, in my opinion, and the darker stories that would naturally be generated from characters like Ghost Rider and Moon Knight lend themselves more to Netflix than to network television. And the fact that they're already producing a Punisher series and Jessica Jones and Daredevil and Luke Cage means they're getting a definite Marvel Knights uh, feel and a definite Marvel Knights element to where they seem to be going. And that's exciting. Um, apparently, and you know, could be wrong, just going by what I've, what I've been reading in the reading in the news lately. Uh, Daniel Craig has turned down $99 million dollars to star in two more James Bond movies. Now, while I knew that he was done with the character, especially since he's been doing nothing but talking about how he is done with the character, I actually find it a little refreshing to hear that he'd rather move on than stay doing something he doesn't believe in just for the money. Now, DC Comics has released the first issue of Future Quest with designs by the late, great Darwin Cook. Now, Darwin Cook is is an artist who passed away uh, recently after being uh, treated for cancer. He is, I know him from Justice League New Frontier, which he designed as a very retro um, 40s feel to his art, which uh, which I really liked. Now, what Future Quest is, is a massive Hanna-Barbera crossover event, which combines uh, Johnny Quest... Space Ghost, Mitor, Birdman, and the Herculoids 
uh, in a shared universe. Now, as a child of the 80s, I love this concept, and I'm frankly a little surprised that it took until now for someone to actually think about getting these characters together. So as of this re recording, the season finale of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has come and gone, and I am committed to catching up and watching the rest of the season. Now, I, I, I know I've been chastising myself for not staying on task with watching the show, but I have been thinking about how good this season has been on what I've seen, and actually how good last season was, and how the show keeps getting better, especially from everyone that was uh, pretty much kind of writing it off during the first season, because they referenced... Uh, Avengers so much and based on what I've watched how much better the show has gotten since that season I've really been able to um, see the show come into its own where it's 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 a, its own entity which I enjoy but it also does kind of lead into what the topic of this mini episode is about is uh, basically the fact that it is connected to a larger universe and one of the things that has always kept me coming back to the show, as well as Agent Carter and the Netflix shows, has been the mantra from the brain trust over Mar Marvel Studios that it, quote unquote, is all connected. So this larger universe has given me more entertainment than I think that standalone movies can because I've become more and more interested in the direction that the universe is taking and what events in the movies will affect the TV series and vice versa. So the main purpose of this mini episode, I'm sorry, so to, to the main purpose of this mini episode, I was reading an article on io9.com, which features an excerpt from an interview with Chloe Bennett, who plays Agent Daisy Johnson or Quake on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Now, at an appearance at Wizard World Des Moines, she was asked about what additional Inhumans that she would love to see on the show, especially because the... This past season and starting from last season, it's been about the Inhumans, um, which has actually opened up a lot of different storylines that actually are, are <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of storylines that you probably wouldn't have expected from the first couple of seasons. <clears throat> now, see, she said that she's been waiting for some of the already established Marvel Cinematic Universe characters to show up and cameo on the show. As all of the characters, to some extent, have been referenced on the show to some degree, but the relationship isn't exactly reciprocal. Now, if you have watched the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., everyone was referenced, from Steve Rogers to Tony Stark to Natasha Romanoff, who was referenced on more than one episode as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Now, when asked directly about it, she said, and this is a quote, the Marvel Cinematic Universe loves to pretend that everything is connected, but then they don't acknowledge our show at all, unquote. Now, when asked why Steve Rogers or Tony Stark haven't made appearances, especially after the recent events in both Civil War and the Inhuman storyline on the show, and she answered, and again, this is a quote, I don't know. People who make movies for Marvel, why don't you acknowledge what happens on our show? Why don't you guys go ask them that? Because they don't seem to care, unquote. Now, her comments actually had me thinking, is the world as connected as I like to believe that it is? So I, I dove a little bit deeper down the rabbit hole and ran across some comments from 
Joss Whedon, who is the director of Avengers and Avengers Age of Ultron, and who was also one of the creators and executive producers of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, he gave this interview to BuzzFeed, where he claims that the movie division didn't want him to make Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So even Kevin Feige, who is over the Marvel movie division himself, chimed in basically telling Whedon that after announcing that that they are creating a show about S.H.I.E.L.D., that you know they can do whatever they want, but that Winter Soldier is going to destroy S.H.I.E.L.D. So he's made it a point of pointing out in the media that that Jeff Lebb is in charge of the TV shows and sidesteps any questions about the characters interacting with the movie ones, even though they all occupy the same universe. My thing is connections have been made that until recently have been so deep that they're almost expected by the fans and have many fans, including myself, shaking our heads, wondering why those connections seem, seem to not produce anything of substance, especially up to this point. And all of these open threads that they've created that just seem to go nowhere. Now, I've said on several different occasions to friends that the reason why Marvel Entertainment is killing it is because they have a cohesive universe. I hated and still do hate the fact that DC Comics seems to have so many different creative teams on different projects that the world that they're creating on TV will never gel with the ones in the movies, which I find a shame. Now, I've told people that DC needs a Kevin Feige figure in their camp to unify, to unify their disjointed world. And many and in many respects that's supposed to be Zack Snyder but just kind of listening to this inf new information you know I, I could be wrong sorry about that don't get a little dry now one of the biggest issues that I and many fans of the MCU and Marvel TV have is and this is probably the the question that I'm sure everyone asks but no one really asks out loud. Why does everyone know that Phil Coulson is alive except for the Avengers? I mean, really think about that. Now, yes, Coulson's death was the determining factor to why they got together, but it isn't the reason they stayed together. And considering what happened in Civil War, if you haven't, you know, if you haven't seen it, knowledge of his resurrection wouldn't affect them one way or another because it sure as heck isn't keeping them together. But it just seems weird to me that everyone from the president on down to people in the government know this man is still alive, but no one in the Avengers team seems to, seems to know this. Not one person. With the exception of Maria Hill, no one knows Phil Coulson is alive, except for two characters who have been in the in the films and on the TV show as well. But I'm talking about like Nick Fury and Marie, Nick Fury, Maria Hill, and even Sif. Now, Samuel L. Jackson was on multiple episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as Nick Fury. In episode 084, the second episode of season one, Coulson and his team traveled to Peru to intercept a, a Hydra weapon. And after damaging the plane, Nick Fury shows up in a cameo. And we all thought that was cool. I mean, it's the second episode of the series and you've already got Nick Fury there. And if you really, even if you think about the, the season finale of season one, which is called Beginning of the End, like Fury returns for an extended cameo 
in an episode that deals with the aftermath of the events of Captain America Winter Soldier and the dismantling of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's when he basically hands over the reins and the toolbox of S.H.I.E.L.D. to Coulson and makes him the new director. You've even had Sif from the Thor movie show up in two different episodes. And for some reason, no one has decided to tell Thor or anyone else that Phil Coulson is still alive. Because So then the question I would ask is, what is the benefit of keeping him dead to them? And the events of both the Avengers and the Incredible Hulk are mentioned in both Daredevil Season 1, with Ben Uris covering both stories for the newspaper, and even Jessica Jones Season 1 has a mention of the Battle of New York. But seemingly nothing that any of these characters have done has had any impact on the world of the movies. Even though the intel that Coulson provides in the episode The Dirty Half Dozen just happens to be the location of Loki's scepter, which he gives to Maria Hill, who's working for Tony Stark. Now, an amazing parallel to the movie Civil War can actually be found on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for the current season with the ATCU. Now, the ATCU is formed by the government in order to rein in the proliferation of superpowered beings that have begun to show up in the world, which is the Iron Man approach of government oversight. What you find out later in the season is that the ATCU is being controlled by Hydra, which proves Captain America's point about people with agendas. So another thing that bothers me about the movie, about the movie world in a, in a way to immediately bolster Cap's argument would be to bring up the fact that the government agency that was tasked with protecting the world, protecting the world, shield was being run from the top by Hydra. One of the leaders of the World Security Council from the first movie, Gideon Malik, was a leader of Hydra. But no one mentions it in the movies because it took place on the TV show. Now, I and everyone else, as soon as the, the, the crawl of Queen showed up on the screen, I became giddy, just like everyone else in the theater, because I knew that Tony Stark was going to recruit Spider-Man, because Spider-Man lives, Peter Parker lives in Queens, and it was amazing. But there's still the part of me, and I can't be the only person who wonders this, that after establishing characters like Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and Hell's Kitchen, and Coulson even having his own team of Inhumans working for S.H.I.E.L.D., why would Tony Stark recruit a child with no field experience to fight with him in a foreign country? I mean, just really kind of think about that for a second. Now, Marvel TV, I know, has become a reactionary medium in comparison to the movies. You see, the movies never have to acknowledge anything that happens on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Daredevil, while the shows reference the movies constantly in order to continue to let the audience believe that this is a connected universe. It's interesting, but it's a little bit tragic at the same time. And I can understand that, you know, movies go into production differently than TV shows do. They aren't done at the same time. So, yeah, it's going to be harder to for a movie to reference something on a television show, especially when the television show is more than likely being written and filmed at the time that the movie is still in pre-production. But 
if you're going to have a connected universe, then you need to have a connected universe. At the very least, that even if you can't necessarily shoehorn a TV character into a movie, you can have a flyby or a, a cameo by a movie character on the television. I mean, I doubt that you're going to shell out the money to get a, a Robert Downey Jr. to show up on an a episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It'd be cool. It'd be, it definitely would be cool for us as fans, but I don't necessarily think you'd be able to pull that off. But at the same time, as a fan of the connected universe that you've sucked me into, that you've brought me along in, and explained to me over and over again is connected, isn't it worth a try? Well, that's all for our mini episode. Um, again, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, remarks, please let us know. Uh, give us give a rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, send me an email at superpoweredfancast at gmail.com. You can tweet us at superpoweredfan, or you can leave a comment on our website, www.superpoweredfancast.com. Thank you all. And we'll talk to you soon. So there should be theme music here, but we haven't gotten in that. We haven't gotten that far yet.